Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down and speaking with Manuel Gutierrez from Nosada Crece and Vivi El Sueño. He also serves on the board for the water board in the Asada and Santa Marta. He's an interesting guy. He's doing a lot of stuff here and he has a high level education. He's from San Jose, but he came to Nosar and is dedicating his life to the people. Let's listen in and see what he has to say. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rich. Good morning. Great to be here. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's get started. Please introduce yourself and explain what we're talking about today. All right. My name is Manuel Gutierrez. I am the president of the Water Association of Santa Marta and also I work as director in Nostarisa Investment Fund that we created here in Nostar and also I work as a teacher and trainer of the Vivo El Sueño program. That is a program that promotes entrepreneurship and provides training opportunities for local entrepreneurs. Let's start with Nostar Crece. Let's begin there. And for local TICO entrepreneurs that are looking for capital but if they go to the bank, for example, they have to wait between six months to one year to, get, to, get, to have access to capital. So it's terrible, the process there. And also your second option is to go to Nicoya and look for a loan in the financial institutions. But then you have to pay 55% of interest rate. So is a crazy money and you don't have a third option. So Nostar Crece is providing a low interest loans for TICO entrepreneurs and we don't ask so many requirements. You have to wait three weeks to get an answer and, and, and then you receive advisory and training to develop your business and get access to also clients and customers. Do they have to be part of VVL Sueño to apply for the financing? Do those two, are they connected? Or are yeah, they... we are integrated with VVL Sueño. The pilot program was focused on VVL Sueño graduates, but now it's open to any tech entrepreneur that is here in Nosara. If you know a great tech business here that is trying to grow, you can connect the project with us and we provide free advisory and, and also we are a social, uh, a social project. Uh, we, we can tell you, hey, you don't, you don't need a loan, you don't need to pay me uh, the interest right? because you are not prepared to uh, get a loan. First, you have to bring me, I don't know, better customers or Let's work with your permit because, and I don't know. Whatever, many things. So yeah. before we go further, for people listening, can you explain what VVL Sueño is so that as you're talking, they might understand how the two homogenize? Yeah, VVL Sueño is a training program. It's focused on, for example, developing business skills, but also empower the people here to become entrepreneurs or business owners. Most of the participants are women that didn't complete the high school in Nosara and the average schooling in, let you say, level is six years. Yeah, we, that is like our target market. And uh, we have graduated uh, 310 people. So it's a, a huge amount of projects and dreams. So Vivel Sueño in, in English is life the dream. Uh, so we provide like the knowledge to make it th that happen. So if I can say this back, 
I'll try to do a synopsis. Vivale Sueno is a source for training, knowledge, education that otherwise may not be available. Yep. And that has been successful. Hundreds of people have been through it. It's been a great thing. Nosara Crece is an opportunity for lending so that people who go through Vivial Sueño, now they have the knowledge and the help in a business plan, but they might not have the funding to right. implement the business. And then what Nosara Crece does is you help analyze the business and say, okay, that looks good, here's your money. Or you can say, adjust this, adjust that. Or if right. they need more education, Vivial Sueño is there. Am right. I saying that right? Yeah, that is correct. And also two amazing outcomes that we have right now. For example, uh, the survivance rate uh, after you're finished the Bibliothecian Trading Program is 93% five years after you receive the program. Uh, that is amazing compared with other rates here in Costa Rica and also compared to with the rest of the world. I was going to say, <laughs> that that's fantastic anywhere. Correct. That's incredible. First, thank you for what you're doing. <laughs> Before we go any further, yep. if you weren't busy enough already with Vivial Sueño and then Nosada Crece, you're also working, you're serving with the Asada for Santa Marta. Yep. Can you explain that part? Why did you choose <laughs> to do that? Uh, water is a basic need and we all need water. And I saw this problem coming because when I moved here and to Nosara, all the SAS were unable to give you a little of water ability. So yeah, that was shocking for me because I was living in San Jose. And I was born in Cartago. And there you don't have problem to access the water. It's available always. So here in, in Guanacaste, well, wow, this is new for me. And when I went deep, and to know what's going on. There's too much work to do because uh, we want to provide water to the next generations and we are having troubles right now, a problem right now. Uh, what's the future for in 10 years or 20 years? Yeah, I try to work for the future in that. So why is that? Why are you so motivated to get involved in these organizations and try to give back? Because Our, you're probably not going to get rich Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing these things in money, but you are going to get rich in mind and health and heart and what you're giving back. I recognize that, but I'm asking, why are you like that? Why are you coming to Nosara and this is your career path and your, for fun activities, you're volunteering. So what made you this way? Yeah, that is a really good question. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's really difficult to find human resources here willing to work in these social avenues. <laughs> of course, if you have a master's degree, you can have access to, to, to a really a high income. But right now in Osara, I believe that it is more important for us, for all the community members living here, but also uh, for Costa Rica and the rest of the world to demonstrate that if Nosara and that is a community with access to resources and that we have a really, I don't know, like uh, interest source of income experts uh, with a high percentage uh, power living here. If we don't demonstrate that we can create a sustainable model to, uh, to live and to grow, it's really complicated or difficult to, to build the same in other communities in Costa Rica and the rest of the world. So, yeah, Nosara is like a, I don't know, like an example of a pilot program 
of what we can do in the rest of the communities in Costa Rica uh, because we are having the same problems in Santa Teresa, in San Juanillo, in, in El Coco, in Punta Arena, Limón. The work that we are doing here, the impact could be uh, awesome if we demonstrate that it's possible. So that's my, my, like, my mission, my goal. And of course, I won't be rich, but if, if I can give my, my, I don't have kids now, but if I have kids in the future and I can provide like a better uh, community and, and a better world, I will be more than happy. So that is my personal goal. <laughs> what made you this way? Probably was to know the situations of the Tico family that are living here in the coastal region because it's, it's difficult, it's quite difficult. Uh, for example, I had an interview with a, with a, a family, a poor family uh, that is living in Santa Marta, and they say to me, I am poor, but here in Nazara, I am poorer. Uh, I have less access to income. So I was like, so I don't know, uh, why do you move to Nazara if you are getting in troubles here. I don't know, but for example, if I go to a supermarket, I have to buy the same things. If I get sick and I go to a pharmacy or to a drugstore, I have to pay the same prices that the expats and the tourist people have to pay. So the basic needs in Nazara uh, are really expensive to cover. Uh, yeah, that, that was shocking for me. So I cannot be like, I don't know, happy or I cannot uh, be a successful person if the people around me is not happy, but also if they don't have access to a good quality of life. So it's important to me, uh, like... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I share that in some ways, although we're, we're obviously very different people in appearances and where we're from. I'm from the United States and where I live is, a, is Florida and everyone's from everywhere, like just from everywhere, different races, colors, locations. It was just whoever got an education and worked really hard had the opportunity. And here, when I moved here, it was very interesting because it was very different. We're out in the middle of nowhere. We're not in San Jose. <laughs> the funding from the central government has a hard time making it out here. And even the funding from the taxes paid to Nicoya has a really hard time getting back here. Correct. <laughs> and it seems very hard for people from Nosara to get higher paying jobs and to get a chance to succeed unless they have an education and the knowledge to change with the economies because it was an agricultural society for a very long time. And then it transitioned into tourism. But then Nosara didn't just transition into standard tourism were uh, no offense to Tamarind or Capos or Dominical or Haco, but Nosara isn't any of those places. It transitioned like into high-end tourism. And the businesses here, I'm going somewhere with this point, the businesses here would start trying to hire local people, but if they don't have the skill set to cater to the high-end tourism, it didn't work. Businesses started hiring people from San Jose right. or from the States or Europe or Canada or from wherever. And I work at one of those businesses. I want to hire local people, but if you don't hire the right people, your business can sink. So there's dissension between locals and people coming in and starting businesses. And I want to say, I don't think the businesses coming in 
are trying to take away locals' jobs. I almost feel completely opposite. They want to hire locals. Their heart and mind actually is good. I know people right now are mad, they're upset, they're complaining, and that's natural. But I see in this tourism town, massive focus on environment, on animals. There's competing organizations all across this town for nature. And I'm not saying that's bad, of course. It's what we've been missing is a focus on the people. Correct. We went to high-end tourism from agricultural like that. And there's no way for the locals to get a job at a high-end company without help. So that's something that's bothered me more and more over the <laughs> years. And I think that's maybe why we were connected. Yep. So you're saying that's 100% your focus. It's access to capital, it's access to an education, it's access to training, like a full service. Maybe it's not a college degree, but maybe it's a life degree, essentially, is what you're doing. Is that what's happening? Yeah, actually, most of the, the participants, uh, when they get the certificate, they say, this is my first diploma, my first certificate in my life, because they even, uh, they even didn't finish the primary school. So how are you going to make it in this very competitive environment with without the tools to do it also the tourists coming in they don't know what's happening so a lot of people get upset people from different countries are coming in with a lot of money i again i work in the tourism and, and real estate i see it i get it i know what it's like to run a company and want to hire locals and it hurts to not be able to so i'm i've been seeing that over the years i'm just worried about the people here Yep. I'm really worried about the people here. And I guess that's why you guys got this fund started and you're trying to do that. So explain that to someone listening who might share these concerns. What should they know to understand that you're a legitimate operation? How does it work? You guys still need more sponsors and donors or is it government funded? Can you give an explanation of how that works? Yeah, we accomplished a great goal this year because we are now certified as a financial operator of the uh, SBD, or in English is a development banking system. Uh, that is a fund owned by the government. And now in Crece is a financial operator. So we are, we are bringing the fund from the government to place loans here at a really low interest rate. It is actually 5% below the average of the public banks here in Osara. So that's fantastic. That's I hope someone listening catches that so the funding available through you guys is actually less than the banking, and it also doesn't take six to twelve months to get approved. You're saying three weeks? Did Correct. I hear you right? Yep. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and also Latin American is really difficult to get access to government money. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of smart. <laughs> Alec things to say there, but I'm going to bite my lip, <laughs> but yeah. No, but uh, other firms like KPMG, um, we have more allies that, for example, they audit or uh, work. So we are being recognized by several uh, institutions. And also our challenge right now is, yeah, the fundraising, because you can provide the funds at a really low interest rate. Where is the profit or where is the sort of a sustain sustainable? How does it work? What's yeah. making it work? <laughs> so yeah, we look for partners that uh, are willing to donate, I don't know, like a uh, capital, right? And uh, to, to the fund, but also we, uh, we want to work with investors because uh, we want to provide more risky opportunities 
for the ones that have problems to access the government requirements. Not everyone can get approved in your three-week time frame, but there's other scenarios you want to reach and that's where you need donations. Is that Correct. accurate? Yep. And also we want to create more funds because, for example, the water and, and the problem with the septic systems here in Sara. Uh, you can, for example, you can convince all the business owners and the uh, property owners here in Guiones to update their cystic, their cystic system, but there are probably 10 people more building houses in the river. Uh, so what is the solution in the long term? You have to provide access to that solution through financing or through capital because it's impossible to donate the system uh, to everybody that is building a house, right? So we want to create a fund uh, to cover that. We want to create another fund to cover the water needs. For example, the ASADAS, the water associations, they need, uh, it's important that people know here, donors or the people that is willing uh, to help, that the NGOs, the social projects that we have here in Osada, they we all have to pay the same cost. <laughs> I mean, it's like, the families and the tourists, we have to pay a crazy money if we want to buy a property right. to develop a social project and uh, we have to pay a really high uh, yeah, rental uh, payment if we need a place to work. So yeah, it's the same with Assad. They need, for example, access to capital to buy tanks or to open new wells. Uh, and that is a benefit for you and for me and for the rest of the community. But uh, there is no uh, an open door or uh, open income uh, for that for those needs from the government. So people, when they move here, they used to think that with your property tax or with your income tax, it's all covered, right? It's like okay, this is my contribution for uh, for the government, so the government should be in charge of these needs. And that will happen in Europe, that, or that happening in, in, happens in, in, in the United States. Is this part frustrating <laughs> for you? Ah, of course. <laughs> it's no, it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, it's, we are only receiving, the estimation is that we are only receiving 20% of the funds that we provide to Nicoya. And if we use the same with the government, with the income tax that is going to the federal government, right, or the central government, uh, probably we are getting just 5% or 10%. So the thing is that, yeah, the funds in Latin America and the governments. Or even just, just Costa Rica, we just think about what you're saying is just helping me think about how Samara and Nosara are trying to break away from Nicoya so that at least we could try to keep some of those funds here and put them to use for the community here. Correct. Do you think that's ever going to happen? Or what's your take on all of that? Yeah, that will happen, of course, but we have to face, uh, I don't know, enemies or persons that will be against that, of course. For example, most of the income that Nosara provides to Nicoya is used to pay the payroll. People will get fired when the separation happens. Now, before you say too much more, are you scared saying this on a public forum like this? Because whenever people ask me tough questions about Nakoya, I'm scared. <laughs> so I cut it out. I, we edit out a lot of things that are said on the podcast. Are you comfortable saying these hard truths and feel people need to hear it? Or is someone from Nakoya going to watch this and come get... <laughs> no, we have a close contact with people that is working there. and We brought the municipality to our office. We gave them two desks and 
they were working there and now they are renting an office just in front of Monsara Crece, so we are like... So everything's okay? Yeah, yeah, we are not like in trouble. <laughs> hey, you but, guys are like a brother and sister, are brothers that have to share a room? We're gonna do it. <laughs> Sometimes you don't like it, but you do it. Yeah, we have to do it because, I mean... That's we, good to do, by the way. I'm this in a nice way. I'm saying it's nice to hear that you're communicating, you're talking. When I first moved here, it was pretty intense between <laughs> Nakoya and Osara. And then after the election didn't happen and it came really close, they did it on a Sunday and they had Trafico out here stopping people. And it was, there was a lot of resentment. <laughs> Energy, yeah. yeah, it was, there was a lot of tension. Yeah, heavy environment. It <laughs> seems with the building regulations and a lot of the things that have happened in the past couple of years, it seems like Nicoya and Nosara have a lot better communication right now. Is that true? Yeah, of course, but it's not enough. So I want to ask you specifically that. What's your take on the enforcement of good ideas? For example, let me choose any one of a myriad of subjects. The roads, let's go there. Okay. Right now, where I live, there's so much construction. The trucks are so heavy. There's so many. It's hard to get in and out of your own driveway. The roads are absolutely atrocious. It was a heavy rainy season and there's like piles of mud that people on motorbikes are even just trying to get through. I watched a car yesterday have to be put in four wheel drive just to get through a very public road. I'm bitching and moaning about the roads. Everyone can do that. Here's what I'm trying to say. Should that neighborhood get together and fix it themselves? My answer is yes. That's probably your only solution right now. However, some of the neighbors are saying, no, that's the municipality's responsibility, mm -hmm. not fixing it, because if I pay for it, they're never going to fix it, so no. <laughs> so now people are arguing amongst each other and it's hard to find like a right answer because each side, in my opinion, has a good point. Yep. If you wanna fix it, just fix it, because that's how it's always been since I've been here and that's just what I'm used to. Heck, the whole L section owes a huge thank you to Bram. He's the one who paid for the electric poles to get all the way out there. Like, it's a little frustrating, but I also understand people not wanting to do the government job for them. So roads are one, construction's another. Everyone says we need more rules and regulations. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with that. My question is, how are they going to enforce it? We can't enforce the ones that we have now properly. The point I'm getting at, it seems to me, Nosara's future, a lot of it is contingent upon the people here taking it on themselves to be the solution. Can you tell me your take on all this from your perspective? Yeah, of course, we have to work together right now if we want to fix our problems. The same with the security, the same with the government, <laughs> the legal dumps, the legal fire. It's a scary list. Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> Uh, I have to say it, uh, someone has to say it, uh, Nosara is a free-for-all region, uh, it's a free-for-all, like a world, there is no rules and yeah, uh, we have to fix our, 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 their issues, our issues right now, uh, working as a community, of course there are like gaps and these discussions will affect the time required to get a solution, but in the long term, we have to work in, for example, yeah, to work to separate Nosara from Nicoya. That is okay. uh, something that uh, we cannot like just ignore it. It's true that we need it, 
to have a solution, uh, a long-term solution here because the distance between Nicoya and Osara is the same distance between Cartago downtown and Alajuela downtown, two major cities in the Central Valley. Uh, sorry, it's two times the distance between Cartago and Alajuela. Right, and right. of course, we don't have highways in between uh, the access and also who is working in the municipality or who is working in the health department in Nicoya, people that is from Nicoya, people that are from Nicoya. So the point of view of the people is not taken into account in, in these institutions because we don't have people from here working there. Yeah, our problem is how far is Nosara from Nicoya and the other problem is of course, it's normal that that Nicoya focus their energies and resources on the main city, right, in Nicoya downtown. So Nosara has to develop something similar. And of course, the people here have to work together to fix the streets, but also to fix the dumb problem, uh, the security and uh, the authorities. They, some of them, they say you have an, on your own. Uh, you have to look for a solution uh, because he, now uh, our resources are limited to uh, to work fast or to be able to give you a solution soon. Sure. So on that note, again, I'm just some white guy from the United States who lives here. Thank God, and I appreciate it. But I don't see the government having a striking oil are <laughs> no and in the states what we do is we just print money we have the federal reserve we just print money that was like a bad joke that was true <laughs> anyway back to the point <laughs> costa rica doesn't have the money no. it's not like that and we don't nosara doesn't have the attention and even the problem's thick here's what i'm trying to say i'm a little scared to say it on camera but i'm also not it's just the truth man i don't think the government's a solution no. and here in nosara Although we have our problems and we're complaining, it's a pretty good place. The people here, for the most part, have good hearts and the tourists coming in, they like nature, they like animals. But we have 30 or 60 different organizations extracting money from the same people year after year. Every year we open a new organization. <laughs> How many different organizations do we have that need to compete with each other for the same source of capital? Correct. My personal opinion, I've been saying this for years, and it's a big reason why the podcast started. I think the solution, obviously we need money. I think the solution for that is the people coming in. The people moving to Nosara right now as we record this is very different than five and 10 and 15 and 20 years ago. Correct. So if they knew the real situation, I think people just don't know what our real issues are. In my experience, people move here, they stay in their own camp. You have your friends, like you had your realtor, your surf instructor, your yoga instructor, or your attorney. Bubble. Yeah, you stay there. And over the years, this was, it became very apparent. Last year, when we brought all the social scientists through, I don't know how familiar you are with Dr. Salas and yeah, Dr. Too. Freetag, and just all of the, when they came through, they kept saying over and over, you guys actually mainly agree. You're not that far off. Your town actually really agrees. You care about the same things. The issue is you're not communicating. Information is not flowing. This person's over here trying to do it. This person's over here. And then you guys, that's your bottleneck. And that's what he said was creating our ticking time bomb. So again, that's where the podcast came from. It was like, well, 
I'll just invite people in, sit them down and ask them questions and then people can know, which is what we're doing now. But as you're sitting here, you're in a unique situation because you're talking education, capital, all these things for local people, which we desperately need. And you need more money because you want to reach even people who can't get approved, which is awesome. But you're like in the middle of this whole machine now too. Yeah. <laughs> you need money from people and we hope people listening will give it to you. But if it's just the same people who are redirecting money from this organization last year to your organization this year and that one next, we're not growing. Nope. We got to get the new capital from somewhere. So why do we not bond together going after the people who are coming in a smart, intelligent manner? By that, I don't mean getting on social media, typing mean things, starting a WhatsApp group and being all mean and talking <laughs> about all the construction because that's what we currently do. I'm really tired of it. It doesn't help. People respond better to, hey, welcome to Nosara. It's nice to see you. See that pathway and see that electrical line. You see where this is. These are food sources for the animals. Like This is how the neighborhood works. If we do that, we make it like exciting and happy to do these things as opposed to just bitching and yelling. Correct. So you've been covering a lot of information. Thank you. This is very helpful. And... I'm learning you're going to have to come back. We need to talk in maybe a couple times, once every 90 days or every six months because what you're doing is amazing and I want to see how it goes and other people are going to be really interested. Sure. But while you have this platform, let's hit a couple key points. Can you explain why someone would give money outside of the obvious, but like why would it work? Because like, it sounds like you're doing lower interest rates, but you also mentioned the term investor. How is this an investment if you're lending it out to businesses that may or may not work? It just explain that to somebody who's listening who may or may not be interested in donating. We have invested $200,000. Uh, actually, uh, our repayment rate is 100%. That's great, of course, in two years. But also, the, uh, another good thing is that we can offer uh, donors and investors like a sustainable way of giving back to the community because uh, Explain that, please. Yeah, for each dollar that people invest in, in Nosara Crece, we can generate $10 in five years on income for these entrepreneurs because they can, they can access now more clients and customers and they can invest in machines, special equipment that, that they need to increase their income. And the other thing is 80% of the beneficiaries are women. And women, they know how to manage the money, of course, better than us. Uh, this money goes to get a better access to education, get goes to nutrition, to cover the basic needs of the family. So all these needs are what people really want right now. And uh, because in Osara, it's really difficult to get access to the medical center in, in Osara downtown. And also the education, well, here in Osara, uh, it's not uh, difficult to find a kid in 10 years uh, old kid that doesn't know how to read or how to write. So there's, a, there's plenty of places you want to direct this extra from, but if I, can, if I can try to see if I understand it right. It sounds like what you guys are doing, you already have a solid amount of capital that you've already gotten to the community. You already have success stories with Vivio Sueño and see more coming. What you're doing is you're basically investing in yourselves and your programs. And if it works, it actually works as an investment for people who donated and then the machine can keep going. Correct. So 
you have to do a good job training people and evaluating their business or your machine breaks. Is that correct? Correct. Wow. That's a, that's an impressive task and feat that you're taking on. And that's not for the faint of heart. We don't want to give the fish for free and we want to teach how to fish, but also we want to connect these fishermen. Women. <laughs> I get it. To, <laughs> and they uh, don't have to be fishermen, they can be fisherwomen. <laughs> Correct. That's uh, awesome. So give us a couple examples real quick of case studies that people might like to hear about. Yeah, we had a great entrepreneur. She was participating in the program behind his husband because he was like, oh, you don't, uh, you don't uh, have uh, permission to go there, uh, but she was there anyway. And so she in the whole program, and uh, she finished the program. She had a bakery in her home, and now uh, she's selling products to five different supermarkets uh, because she realized that she was selling the product in a really low price. So we helped her to uh, improve their pricing and uh, their pricing. And now it's uh, awesome because uh, her husband is a, her employee now. <laughs> they are working together and of course he changed his mind about uh, this, uh, I don't know, like empowerment, personal empowerment. So you had a couple different wins there. Yeah, of course, and a family that is owing a, a growing business. Uh, that is really important. Uh, our case is uh, Shirley, she has, a, she, ha she has a boy and now uh, with her business, uh, she provides uh, the funds to pay uh, for the university university education for his kid. Uh, without the business, uh, she won't be able to pay for that uh, access. And most of the entrepreneurs that we provide uh, in training and financing, they use the knowledge or they use the income that they are generating to uh, provide a better access to education because here in Nasara, uh, is is one of the most con concerning needs that the family, the Tico family, have right now. That makes sense. Those, that's awesome to hear. Can I ask a tough question? Yep. <laughs> For Vivial Sueño, my biggest concern was always or is, not everyone can have a restaurant. Not everyone can have a bakery. Not everyone can have a store. Not everyone can go and just launch mm -hmm. this and it works. In fact, most businesses don't succeed. So the risk for you is high because you need to give them the knowledge and the education and the platform, but they have to go and act these things consistently over a long period of time in a very small competitive town. What's your solution to that? Yeah, and of course they have to compete now with more and more foreign capital and foreign entrepreneurs that are making business here. So yeah, our solution, we provide English uh, lessons for free to all entrepreneurs so they can compete in the on market and Pelada market. But also we are connecting these people to major companies in town, for example, the hotels or the big restaurants that are like stable and they want to improve their value chain and uh, we connect these entrepreneurs to become uh, suppliers and it's incredible for example a new hotel here that was buying their fish in san jose because they didn't find a supplier here in, in osara or, or in san juanillo so when 
we uh, studied the case and the problem was that the feature guys didn't have the tax registration complete so for us was come here and I will do that in five minutes for right. you for free are and you seeing more cases like that where it's something small that can be fixed and you guys can go help that? Yeah, for us it's a really tiny effort compared with the impact that provides to these people because it acts to, to provide education, to provide... That's very interesting. How many people out there have skills and talents and knowledge but maybe they can't communicate with the new populace or maybe they're just not legally set up so they keep their current comfortable world. That's who you're trying to reach. Correct. And there are gems uh, out there, but uh, that is our work to find the gems, to clean it up, and then to show or to connect these gems with the people that are looking for uh, good suppliers here in, in, in town. Of course, you, you, you want to be here, for example, eating really good food, uh, traditional things uh, with a local artisan and for culture. From The thing is, both sides and get benefits from our work but of course it's an expensive work uh, because we have to cover everything <laughs> yeah everything and uh, yeah we don't charge these people uh, for the service that we provide yeah we need more sponsors um, and also we are affiliated with Amigos of Costa Rica uh, to receive funds from the US and uh, we are doing the same process with Canada and also we can provide the same benefit here in Costa Rica if someone needs right to, on. to be sponsored but receive tax like a tax. deductibility Correct. based on wherever they donate it through. That's fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to Amigos <laughs> and really to everyone, to you guys. Yeah, and also we find out that we can do the same uh, for the business owners here because maybe you have a problem Yeah, looking for an employee or looking for, I don't know, like a good supplier of fish or a good supplier of organic vegetables. So we have a database with entrepreneurs that are waiting for an opportunity. And if you, if we connect both elements or both part of the equation, uh, it's great for everybody. Yeah, I think so too. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. We'll have you back. I want to see how this story unfolds and we want to help. But before we go, I want to ask a couple personal questions. All right, <laughs> go ahead. What's your three favorite restaurants in Nosara? Well, in Nosara, Celajes. Is great, yeah. Actually, Marixa is one of the oh first graduates of the Viva Sueño program. So. She is a very impressive woman, and that is a really impressive family, and I'm so happy for them. Yep. The other one is there's a new restaurant in Santa Teresita, and they are just in front of the soccer field. It is called Te Colombia, and they prepare Colombian food and also Caribbean food, and the entrepreneur receive a a small loan with us to start so they are doing a great job and the food is fantastic and the third one is uh, La Colombiana <clears throat> they are in Elimar and they prepare Colombian food and, and they have a mini bar so it's a really great place to hang out she's a really she's an entrepreneur she's I can tell there's another restaurant in there where the lady was very grumpy and angry mm -hmm. and did not want to be there <laughs> and then there was this lady who was like what can I do yes thank you so much like mm -hmm. she was really she on top so of special. things yep cool those are all good stories yeah. those are all products of Vive yeah and you can spend just eight dollars for a good meal there so you can save money but also get in touch with local people that are really passionate about what they are doing 
and they have deeply and strong stories behind heart. Yeah. Okay, what's your least favorite thing about Nosara? To me, it's like this thing of the gap between the expats living here, the residents, and the Ticos that were born here, and the original Nosara people. And also we have a new group of population, the people from San Jose that moved here. And uh, another group is the workers from Nicaragua that are in the construction. So there are like four groups plus the tourists, so five groups. And then, yeah, this separation between each group will delay any effort to get solution for the most urgent needs here. Of course, That's where language comes in. Because, again, the people who have business here that service the tourism want to hire local people, but if they can't communicate, they can't. Yeah. But the reality is it's unfair because we're in Costa Rica, we speak Spanish. You and I are speaking English right now, but we're supposed to speak Spanish here. However, here's the great irony. The people you need to reach yep. need to hear this in English to get this information because you need the capital to make your whole system work to get to the people who need the help. Like it's all a big circle. Yeah, um, may I mention a second thing could be yes. that, yeah, the way of giving you have, to, if you want to give back to community, please think in the long-term solution because for example, there are just an example, there are two ways of giving. One way could be to pay for a scholarship in a private school for a ticket kit to, to get a, access to a private education. On the second way could be donate to a public primary school in Montana downtown. So all the tickles there could have access to a better education. I prefer the second one and other people prefer the, the first one. Try to think what is the best solution in the long term. Both ways are okay, but the impact and how many kids are getting a benefit from your donation or your money or you're willing to give back something to the community is an important question. People have to ask themselves what's the best way to benefit the community and how many people are getting benefit with uh, or capital or, or donation. And of course, I personally, in, I am willing to provide or oral uh, or comprehensive overview of what is going on here, what are the organizations, but also we are working with the NGOs here to improve their, for example, the reporting uh, task, uh, how to measure the impact, uh, how to build like a logic model uh, when they are looking for, because if every, we don't see those organizations like competitors, they are competitors <laughs> for funds, but uh, if we improve the way of giving back to a community, more people will be willing to, to donate in, in an extensive way. Um, because right now, I can imagine like this mess when they, when they look for NGOs and they say, so many needs, what's the best way? So yeah, we have to create like an easy way to understand what's going on. And that's why we want to run the census and we want to have information about how many people are living here, uh, what their needs, how many people have access to water, uh, to drink of water. Uh, I get it. We could go on all day. It never ends. <laughs> Correct. But I'm really happy to keep working on it. And of course, if you hear this conversation and you want to, 
to get involved. Uh, How did they find you? Tell people where to go. Yeah, we are, our office is located 50 meters to the south of Super La Paloma. Okay. Uh, we are there from Monday to Friday, uh, especially in the afternoons. I'm more than happy to, to have a meeting or to have a conversation or grab a coffee. Okay, websites <laughs> uh, and social media? Yeah, our web, website is .com and also people sueño, cr.org. In Facebook and Instagram, Mosara Cres and people sueño. It's easy to find and of course we want to expand what we are doing and our next goal is to replicate our model in other uh, coastal communities in Guanacaste. For example, Samara, we need this uh, as a way to, to develop in a sustainable way our uh, context and community. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who <laughs> donates for anything, anytime. Some eye-opening not all pleasant things came to mind as you were discussing all this because it's an ongoing problem and it always will be but it's nice to know some people are addressing it and you guys are focusing on getting to the people and helping locals actually truly have a shot at the life that they want to have right that's really cool thanks thank you rich